What is up, everybody, and welcome back to the Get Your Bell Rung Football Podcast. He is Kevin Reynolds. I am Bobby Wall, and we are here to talk all things football and hit you with some takes that might rattle you up a bit. We have been on about a two-month hiatus, but we are back. We are excited, ready to get things rolling again, man. Kevin, how you doing? Doing well, buddy. Summer coming to a close. I finally get to breathe a little bit, and uh, I, felt, I felt like it was time to get back on the horse here. Yeah, you've been so busy. We haven't even really exchanged too much text messages. We've talked, we have, you know, very little football between us over the last couple of months. I bet we've talked less football over the last two months than any two month period in about the last, what, about 13 years or so? I was more than a decade for sure. Yeah. Um, I just, I just, it's a good thing. Business is good. And, but uh, it's, it ra- I rack up the hours. Uh, for example, you know, two weeks ago, I told you I was at the club for 80 hours. It's just, it gets to be a bit much, but it's football time. So I want to get back into this. Yes. Preseason. And next year, we need to come up with a plan that we can do something to work around my insane schedule. Maybe it would be like it was last year and it will just rain every other day. That was the thing. Rain was my friend last year, but this year it almost never rains. If it does, it's in the middle of the night. It doesn't affect me. There was like a 28-day span where I only had one day off. It's If it's, again, great for business, bad for every other aspect of my life. Uh, well, hopefully you've been able to uh, catch up a little bit. I'm not sure if you've looked at the running back landscape lately, but it is oh, an absolute yeah. mess. It is as murky as I ever remember. We got the Jets with Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall. We've got... Um, the Patriots signed Zeke, so we got him there with Ramondre Stevenson. We've got Jonathan Taylor's not in camp. Josh Jacobs, who no one even knows where he's at. I haven't heard anything about him in a, in a while. It is it's insane, man. Um, and I mentioned Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall because the Jets signed Dalvin Cook uh, just a couple of days ago. How do you feel about them? Right now, I think um, Dalvin Cook is RB thirteen, and I'm. Um, Sorry, Brees Hall is RB13, Dalvin Cook is RB28. I have on uh, Fantasy Pros right now, I think they're actually right currently today 14th and 32nd, but same type thing. I'll tell you what I think at those. I wouldn't I wouldn't touch either one of them. Really? I don't want them at those numbers. It, history's taught us one thing. Running backs, unless you're Adrian Peterson, a freak of nature, do not bode well their first year back from an ACL tear. So I, I, I just can't understand. I know he's healthy, but yeah, they were saying last year Dobbins was pretending he was super healthy at this point. I just no way I'm touching that. And, and even if he was healthy, how do we know Dalvin Cook? This could be one of those flip flop situations that any given week, one of them has, you know, forty yards, the other one has eighty yards and two touchdowns. I just can't I can't do it. And the same with their receivers there. Their receiver group is quite impressive. There's about seven guys that would <laughs> that are actual names. Like how do you how do you work that fantasy wise? It's great for the team, but it's awful for us. I'm not touching any of that. And, and Cook's hurt right now too. He still can't practice for another week. Yeah, and <clears> the <throat> thing is he's old. For a running back, yeah, you're right. Yeah, we think of him like he's still this young stud, like he's the number, you know, potential top three pick. Well, guess what? That was five years ago. It's just not the case anymore. 
Uh, it was great current, for them to get him for depth. Why not? But I, I just he, can't he's touch twenty. He's 28? Yep. So, man, I don't like – I certainly don't like Brees Hall at his um, – at his current ADP, and I think you have it on standard scoring for your oh, fantasy pros might, ADP. I might not have reclicked yeah. on it. Yeah, it's all good because uh, half point they are uh, RB thirteen and RB twenty eight. Yeah, they I, are. I, I don't yeah. think I don't think they're going to stick there. I think Hall's going to drop some unless he comes out here and looks great. You know, you know, if he gets any limited preseason work, I think Cook might rise some. Um, I could see him being somewhere between RB, I don't know, eight. If if they both were between RB 18 and 22, I could probably see that. Um, but man, it's just, it's a gamble. If you're getting them though, you know, in the third round, then you got away. Who's your RB one. Did you get a stud guy in the first round? Then I might be willing to take one of those guys at the, you know, third, fourth, fifth round. But I, I, I'm leaning your way. I'm leaning towards, I might just skip out on all of it. And obviously, I have them ranked, but when it comes down to drafting, I mean, do I really want to take that gamble with two guys who's not only their health is in question, but their workload uh, is going to be in question? I mean, yeah. I, and on top of all, we have no idea what this offense is even going to do. Everybody's anointing them like the next greatest show on turf. Like, none of these people really played together. It's just hodgepodge, it's all been brought together. There's these super high expectations now. They might go out there and go seven and ten and be the seventeenth ranked offense. But people are the capital they're putting into Rogers, Wilson, both the running backs, various others. It just seems insane to me. I'm like, please do take them. I'm gonna take someone that I think is a much safer option. I might not get that ceiling, but I'm not gonna get that floor either. Now let me get yeah, because there's a serious ceiling for both these guys. Now let me let me give you the positive spin. So Dalvin Cook last year was not very efficient. He was 51st in fantasy points per opportunity. But he had a workhorse role in Minnesota, and, and he was still sixth in, in rushing yards with 1,173. Well, with both of these guys working hand-in-hand, hand, maybe he can raise his efficiency because he's not going to get that – you know, he's not going to get 20 carries a game. You know, he might be able to do more with, say, 14 to 17 carries a game give him a little less of a workload. Maybe he's catching the ball more. And now Brees Hall, he was the opposite. He was first in yards per touch and seventh in fantasy points per opportunity when he, you know, before he went down for injury. And if we remember Nathaniel Hackett, the last time he worked with Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon were both top 24 running backs. By season's end, I could see both of these guys being top 24 running backs. I definitely think that is in uh in the cards. But you're not going to know when. You know, maybe Cook goes out and has 85 yards rushing and two touchdowns, and Brees Hall has, yeah, you know, that's 27 what I just rounds. said, right? You don't know. Uh, yeah, so agreed. You play the wrong one every week. It's the classic thing. If you have two running backs, you have none. Yes. <laughs> if you have them both, you have none because you got to, or, or you do the thing that some people do. I've had, I had that one year where I had um, Jones and Dylan. I just played them both each week when I had to. With the injuries, buys, I didn't really have a lot of choice. And if you had a team to do it with, if both these guys are healthy, it might be this team. Might but be, that's but again, that ACL, dude, happen. it's not like he had a minor injury. He'll he'll basically would be the second guy in history to come back and have a truly successful season after a torn ACL. Most guys, it's the next year. 
What's didn't that? Cooper Cup? Didn't Cooper Cup do the same thing? Didn't he tear his ACL a couple years ago and then was came it back? right before the year that he blew up though? Uh, well, he he had I don't two think it was. Had a couple really good years. I'll, I'll I'll look it up. Um, but the next group I mentioned was Zeke and Ramondre Stevenson. Ramondre Stevenson for me, I had him at RB ten. I'm not sure that Zeke moves the needle very much for me. I don't. I think he affects Ramondre Stevenson a lot less than Dalvin Cook affects Brees Hall. Zeke was even less efficient than Dalvin Cook was. Oh, 62nd in yards a carry, 55th in fantasy points per opportunity. Um, the thing that kept Zeke af- afloat, which always seems to be the case, double-digit touchdowns. He had 12 total touchdowns last year. I do think he's going to take goal line touchdowns away from Ramondre. But even last year, Stevenson was what? RB11, I think. He only had six touchdowns, if I if my memory serves me right. Yeah. Um, but what he did have, which I know he had a the passing game role, even with they, you know, Damian Harris was there and, and Ramondre was the receiving back. He had 89 targets. Did you realize Ramondre had 89 targets? That was third behind Eckler and CMC for running backs. I did not. Right? I know. If he can keep that roll up, I mean, 89 targets will make you a top 10 back almost re- regardless of what you do anywhere else. I mean, think about James White. Good grief. I don't know how many years ago that was, six, seven, eight years. I mean, he the got thing- barely any rushing attempts, but he was catching the ball out of the backfield all the time with Tom Brady in New England. The thing I don't like about Ramondre is, say, yeah, he had 1,040 yards, but in mm-hmm. 18 games, 172, 333 of it came in two games. Right. Can you count on that happening again? I don't know. Uh, I think other the, than that, I think it's games points. 25, 47, 39, 60, 26, 36, 8. That's the game he got hurt. 30, 42, 54. I don't want to touch him. I I avoid Patriots running backs like I do Ravens wide receivers. Useless, pointless, let somebody else deal with it. If you have him in your lineup the week he has that 172, great. If you had him in your lineup the next week when he had 30, Okay, well, that's that's what you get with a New England running back. The would it help sway you at all if I told you that the now offensive coordinator in New England, Bill O'Brien, uh, when he was the head coach for the Houston uh, Texans, he was there for eight seasons, running the helm. His offenses were top twelve in rushing attempts six of those eight years. No, that won't help me at all <laughs> because he's not the head coach. He's running the offense. Doesn't matter. Not the head coach. The, it, the, the we we've discussed this so many times. What what was it? Gray, that guy. Last thing. His last thing was Gray. He had like Jonas. four touchdowns. Jonas Jonas Gray. Gray has like four touchdowns, yeah. 180 yards. Jonas. Three weeks later, he's traded or dumped, whatever it was, to the Dolphins. He was on happened. the Dolphins or something. So I'm saying I can't get behind any of these guys because Stevens could have one of those huge weeks, and the next week he gets seven touches. I just can't get behind it. I never will. And the, again, the fact. This were his only 200-yard games. The most he had any other game was 76. Okay, and yeah, he did have some receiving yards, but they weren't many. Nine yards, three yards, negative four yards, two yards, 24 yards. He had, a, I think, only three games with more than 50 yards receiving. So it's not – I think these numbers, because the way he's used for the receiving, it, it, it those little half points do add up, the receptions, but – I don't know. I I can't draft this guy that high. I can't. I can't in a twelve team league. I can't make him a number one back. 
So if you have, say, the second pick in the third round, because uh, Stevenson's going around the two three term, if you have the second pick in the third round, are you and Stevenson's available? Now, obviously, you know you don't know who else is there, but would you be willing to take him there? No. Okay. That's a, that's that's like what pick twenty six. I'm not taking him at twenty six. There's no way. Yeah, I I don't mind him there. Um, but then so let's talk about Ezekiel Elliott right now. I think he's RB forty four. He's going to pick one thirty two. So we're talking. Good grief! What is that? Eleventh uh, round. Uh, Any interest in can be around that? Yeah. Yeah, I'm and not he, touching and, him either. Somebody else can yeah. have him. Yeah, in my league, he'll in my league record, he'll go for the minimum this year, three dollars. Yeah, I, I'm willing to take the chance on Ramondre because I think he has a ceiling there. I love the receiving work. Uh, I think that Bill O'Brien's going to run the ball as much as he can, and I think Zeke is washed up. That being said, I, I understand your point as well. I'm I was also very high on Stevenson last year, even with Damian Harris there. Yeah, I was not. I said if he didn't have those, if those two big games, even you cut them in half the production of those two big games, sweet lord, he's down to nine hundred yards rushing. It's just, I mean, he drops so so much just from two games. I just, and I don't think it's him. I think he's a beast. Actually, he's actually quite enjoyable to watch. I just think if you play for Bill Belichick, it's you know you and I we hate the roller coaster. I mean, look at just look at the numbers. Only two games over. Matter of fact, he only had two. Seventy six was his third best total. He didn't even have a third game above seventy six yards. That's hard for me but, to put a guy at number eleven. Well, I can say that he had a nice stretch from week. What is this? Week three until week thirteen, where he was running back for the week eight. 22, 14, 2, 5, 10, 9, 14, and 8. And then week 13, he was he was RB 18. So I mean for that entire stretch, he was a he was a top 24 running back. So he that got is to, a nice stretch. When you look at those games, they're I mean, that's most decent. of the season. And you look at some of the other ones and it's just trash. And I just can't I can't I can't trust the dude. And I can't trust New England. It's again, it's not him. Put him on another team, I'm all for him. Put anybody on the Patriots, I can't get behind it unless you're Corey Dillon. And guess that's what? That was 20 couple of years ago. 10. That's 10. Well, don't forget about LeGarrette Blunt when he had, what was it, 18 touchdowns or something. Yeah, but he didn't do anything else. He just, they put him in at the that's one yard right. line. So Brady didn't have to sneak it in. Yeah. So that's, that's 10 straight weeks, though, for Ramondre being at worst in, at RB22. And then he was RB fifty, but then he jumped back up to RB five again. I don't one week, and then he was sixty five, forty, twenty four. He has a fifty three in there, a twenty eight, a twenty three, a twenty three, a twenty six, a forty, a fifty seven. I just can't get behind all that stuff. Yeah, I think, I think this, I think this talk is making me like Ramondre even more. You like guys that finished fifty seventh and sixty fifth on the week. <laughs> Uh, or you're he, just hoping and praying that weeks six through nine jump out every week. Any running back that we talk about, any wide receiver that we talk about, are going to dip. Remember Jamar Chase? That was a, a thing I had on I, that worried me with him last year. All the it dips didn't worry that me; they worried you. Right, right. Um, but 
so that's interesting. So he finishes wide receiver 50 a couple weeks. That didn't bother you, but it does bother you that Ramondre does. Yes, because he plays for the Patriots. Okay. Um, and, Jonathan and Taylor. Receivers are more volatile anyway. There's too many other factors other than a guy just rushing. That's interesting you say that because all of the professionals, all of the analysts you hear, always they've been screaming from the rooftops. And I posted about this on our page and on, on Twitter. Volatility is why wide receivers, you should go wide receiver first because the running back position is the most volatile. The research I find does not say that. If anything, they're equally volatile. Uh, but anyway. I think Jonathan most Taylor. of those experts are idiots anyway. Well, I I, I have – we're going to get into some draft strategies since it's draft season, and I have some uh, – I have an interesting one to uh, to bring up. But first, Jonathan Taylor, Josh Jacobs, how worried are you? Are you worried at all? Are you really worried for one, not the other one? How are you feeling about those two guys? Neither one is let, with their team. Let me preface it again, something we talked about the other day. I have a hard time feeling bad for people who are upset, torn apart, threatening to quit over only making $10.1 million a year. It's 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 a hard sell for the average person like us. Again, somebody who sometimes goes to work 80 hours a week and will not make $10.1 million in his entire lifetime. So it's a hard sell me. But besides that point, Jonathan Taylor, I think, will play. I think he'll be pissy. But I think he'll do his thing. Josh Jacobs, I'm starting to wonder if he, his agent, whoever, what other idiots are around him have really convinced him that this is a good idea to just not play. Because I think Zamir White will be just fine. And I think the team will be just fine with without him. He had one good year. Other years were so-so. Uh, I mean, you were so poor that your team didn't even pick up your fifth-year option. They're actually, I think, paying more now by having a franchise than if they would just picked up his option. And you're going to whine and cry about it. A guy who who grew up living in a in a at times he said he and his family lived in a car, and it's a how quick can people lose touch with reality? It's it's very odd to me. Almost immediately, it seems uh, like yeah, it seems that way. And and if it's shown anything here, the owners, the coaches, everything they just don't care about running back. So what what is it that you're trying to prove when they've made it very clear? You are expendable. Why would you go and say, yes, I am? (laughs) (laughs) Why would you agree? Why would you say, I'll show you, buddy? So I'm actually a little worried about both of them. They say Jonathan Taylor is out right now for personal reasons, but he's also, I guess, still rehabbing his ankle that kept that he injured last season. That doesn't make me feel good. Also, having a rookie quarterback um, starting week one, the history does not bode well for the playmakers on teams yeah. that normally wear um, the thing is, rookie he's quarterback. He's in a tough spot. He has zero leverage. Not that Jacobs really has any either. If he doesn't play, he doesn't get told over. So he has to play his final year next year. Right. If he isn't uh, and- back by week 10. Uh, Jacobs, at least next year, they'd have to start this whole thing over again. Right. I wouldn't call it leverage, but it's at least a different situation. Yes. And Jacobs is the same way. At least he's not hurt, though. Um, and I think that with Jacobs, hopefully when he comes back, it's not if, hopefully when, 
they're going to do the same thing they did last year and run him ragged because they can. He's a one-year rental, and he led the league in rushing last year. You might as well get absolutely every yard out of him that you can. Um, But it's both of these sits. I don't like it. Uh, Jonathan Taylor's dropping. Uh, his, let me let me check his ADP real quick. I but, think he was um, like fifteenth now. Yeah, overall, uh, this, yeah, fifteenth overall, number six running back. When all of this started, he was. I mean, we're pushing top six, top seven pick, and that's not the case now. Now he's going second round, and Josh Jacobs is going at the towards the end of the second, almost into the third, and I get it. I, I would be very leery taking Jonathan Taylor at pick 15. Uh, it's, now, it could pay off big time, but, man, it could bite you in the butt. I think it depends sure. what you got in the first round. True. But um, it could bite you big time. But then again, he might decide, you know what, whatever. Me and uh, what's the Ursay made up, and he goes out and rushes for 1,600 yards. Do do we think that's going to happen? Most likely not, but might. And that's that's in both of these guys' wheelhouses. Like they, they've both done it before. It is. I'd be very surprised if Josh Jacobs equals what he did last year. Even if he does his thing and he's happy, whatever, I'd be really surprised. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, if he stays healthy, I think definitely could do it. And we don't know, man. This new offense with Anthony Richardson it might be a blessing in disguise because it's going to be a different type of offense. You're right. A lot of teams with the new quarterback, running back struggles. But they might pattern this whole thing off a lot of RPO type stuff and see how it goes, and it could end up being huge for him. He could end up being like a Dobbins and 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 Gus type thing where the running back's the beneficiary of the whole thing. I do appreciate that Le'Veon Bell came out uh, maybe like two three weeks ago and put out a video and said, "Man, I really wish I wouldn't have held out that year." Yeah. So yeah, I'm, yeah, hope, I'm hoping these guys watch that video and they take some notes. Yeah, it, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And and people are saying, well, Ursa is a jerk. Who wants to be for him? Like, guess what? 99% of people hate their boss, but we work yeah. anyway because we don't have a choice. And he's he's making decisions, he's making business business decisions. It's well, you know, that's what he's, he's doing. These guys are right. making personal decisions. He's making right. business decisions. Correct. I, I just and that's where it, gets it seems like a losing battle for these running backs because the whole point of this again is that the owners are pretty much and GMs are saying you're expendable. So why prove it to them? Why? What happens if Josh Chase doesn't play and Zamir White goes out and he has twelve hundred yards rushing and twelve touchdowns? It's going to prove to everybody Jacobs wasn't really that great. It's just a product of the team. And the then he's NFL's going to get even less much. money next year. Um yeah, I, I know. It's a mess. Uh Probably not as big of a mess as the Eagles' backfield. I want to talk about it now, but that's not a I mess. Guess. What are you talking about? A mess? We should we should wait another week. The Eagles don't even know what they're doing. I know, but it doesn't matter. It's great for the Eagles. It just sucks for fantasy. If one of these guys came out to be the the lead dog, it would be great for fantasy. I think. Yeah, but I we mean, don't know who that might be. I'm just saying in general, but, we've got to be clear here that for the Eagles, you got three guys that could all start in any given week. I know for fantasy know. it blows, but for the Eagles, that's a that's a what a great problem Incredible. to have. Gainwell looks good, man. He's he always he's really coming into his own. He never puts up bad numbers when, when he's on the field. He typically does well. Him and your boy Boston Scott. Oh, stop it! I hate him. Uh, did you watch any of the Eagles Browns game last night? No, as you know, I don't watch any preseason right. because it just warps my thoughts on some players, and I don't like that. 
It's so crazy, crazy because Rashad Penny, he, I thought was definitely going to be the guy, and maybe he is, but he doesn't even get in the game till like midway through the second quarter, and his first carry goes for sixteen yards. Uh, he's so good, and I know he's going against backups, but he also has has backups blocking for him. Yeah, but. I, I have no idea what's going on well, here. Why so can you put, why? What is wrong with you? Why or would you put any stock in a stupid, meaningless, useless preseason game? Um, it's it's not necessarily how they perform, but um the usage. Like, for example, Kenny Gainwell was in there first, got a couple plays, and and um that was it. So Yeah, you know, but it means nothing. Scott. There's players that won't play the in- one snap. Does that mean you're gonna you're going to take Mark Andrews and drop him from your team week one because you're pretty sure he's not playing because he didn't play in the preseason. It doesn't make sense. The exact opposite, actually. If they don't play at all, that's because they don't want to be exposed to and injury. You should be They're happy that Penny's going in second. They don't want to overuse him because they plan on starting. Correct. And that is why this is such a mess. Because why, my friends with you? Because any idea you what's happening. are John Kerry. In the flesh. You flip-flop in the middle of your own paragraph. It's good for one player, but not the other. You drive me nuts. So why don't you just stop watching preseason football and wasting everyone's time? I usually don't have to dumb things down for you, but I'll do it this time. In the preseason, the (laughs) earlier a player plays, preferably they don't play at all. Because they don't need to show what they have. The team knows we're good. However, normally after that, and now this is, this is normally, this is in every. Normally, yeah, here we go. For example. Here we go. Last last year, Josh Jacobs infamously played in the, most of the game in the Hall of Fame game. And then he went on to lead the league in rushing. That is a rare occurrence. Gotcha. Maybe that's the only time that's ever happened. Maybe I'll have to look that up. A lot of times when a team has, let's call, let's say a running back. If your lead dog, if you Nick Chubb didn't play a snap, doesn't have to, we know it's Nick Chubb, but then you see who goes in next for the Browns. Is it John Kelly? Is it uh Demetric Felton? Jerome Ford's hurt. So it couldn't be him, but you see the progression of when they get put in normally again, not every time, Kevin, but normally, the guys that go in first—that's it's sort of like how that's how the depth chart play plays out. So yeah. that would mean Penny would be. Yeah, I don't buy any of that because there's there. they play four preseason games, and every game different guys are going in at different times. Is it half of them are cut? Game? Half of them are cut by the fourth game. You and just people are saying Penny might get cut. I think this is great only because it's warped your mind about the Eagles. And any time that you get to sweat about the Eagles, that makes me feel good. <laughs> so I think you've talked yourself into this to a certain point <laughs> because you love to be freaked out about the Eagles and you want us all to join you in your freaking misery. Misery loves company, Kevin. That's what I'm saying. So you can cock this web of madness, NFL madness and chaos in your mind just to make others is frantic as you are hop on board the train kevin i'm not jumping baby we're, we're way I don't out watch of preseason football because it's useless uh, a lot of times watching in-season football is useless yelling I can't at the, argue what is, that what is coaches doing i can't argue that how about that al michaels the other day going again in an interview saying yeah i said the thursday night slated game sucked last year i stand by it it did suck did you notice that the thursday night games don't suck this year <laughs> 
<laughs> Look, double down, man. If yeah, you he's believe, man, he's like they obviously listened, right? Um, yeah, but but hopefully that doesn't backfire, and it's not necessarily the teams. It, yeah, it's just the day, teams. right? Yeah. All right, let's move on to some of our top draft strategies since it is August, mid-August. My gosh, it's past mid-August. Good grief. Yeah, um, and let's talk about some of our favorite draft strategies. You want to go first? I don't really have favorite draft strategies because draft strategies are also fluid. So I don't really know what to say about a favorite one because, as you know, I no longer even do any type of a snake redraft, right. any time a straight league anymore. Mine are all well, the two that I do now, My both that I run are my uh, auction dynasty league, which is chaotic. And then of course the ones are done where there is no draft. Uh, so, so in my league, the one, my number one thing is most of the guys in a league do not look into the future, even though it's a dynasty league. Whereas we know from this very show that I've set myself up for domination um, starting last year. And I hope it continues through next Friday when our, we have our draft. So let's talk about auction drafts. We can do that one first. Okay. Uh, one, and I want to see how you feel about this. One very common strategy that people use is they nominate players they don't want. So they'll nominate players that they don't want so that everyone else spends all of their money on those players. Well, I do uh, that constantly. Okay. Uh, I do it as well, but I also will. I don't want the my opponents to know, uh, well, you know, Bobby's drafting now. He do, Whoever he's picking, he doesn't want. So I will throw out certain players that I oh, want. Oh yeah, to yeah, I, I do that too. That but no, what I want to do early, like my my first one in in this draft, I forget where I am because uh, it's nomination goes in reverse order from last year. So, yeah. but all oh, it is a nomination. If you got money, you can have any player you want. Um, I will most definitely I'll put out a really big name player that I know go for a lot of money that I hundred percent am not touching just to fill a spot and just to get somebody to spend 60 bucks on a player I wouldn't spend 40 on and get them broke early wasting money wasting money the issue is is you don't know what they're going to do and in a 16 team league there's guys I'm hoping will drop and drop and drop last year a prime example was Damian Pierce I was hoping nobody would put him out there early somebody put him up really early in like the second round he ended up going for like 33 dollars where I was hoping I could snag him up lucky for like 15, but no, he got put out early. So he, uh, there was a lot of money out there. For me, um, I, I think drafting with um, tiers is important. So if you don't know what tiers are, you, you know, you take all your running backs or your wide receivers, whatever the position is, and you tier them together. So it's sort of like, um, you know, my RB seven to my RB 11, they're kind of the same guy. You could flip flop right. this order, and I, I wouldn't wouldn't really worry too much. Um, I think that's even more important in an auction league because the players go at random, and and uh, it can sneak up on you. So you, you know because they're not going to go in order. CMC is not going to be the first, Eckler second, you know, Bijan third. However, the running backs ADPs right. rank. That's not how they come off the board in an auction league. So. Having that your tears in front of you, I think, is so important because as you scratch off, you say, holy cow, I didn't realize it. I only have one guy left in my second tier running backs. And by then, your whole third tier might be gone with how the guys are getting nominated. So you know, like, I got to get this guy. And right. it, it allows you to 
focus on players when you need to and uh, not miss out on whole tiers um, because, you know, auctions, that can happen to you in an auction league. Right. You, you have to have a target numbers for every, any player you might want. Some of them end up going for higher than that, and sometimes you'll even keep bidding. Other times, other times they go for lower, and then you want to, you definitely want to get the guy, but you know you have another guy that you've really been targeting. But if you get this guy, even though it's a deal, there's no way you're going to get the other guy. It's it's like a total. It just, I don't know. It just screws with it's your mind. It, it's complicated. Like I said I only, I told you earlier I only had four slots of my whole team even to draft anybody. I got a boatload of money. There's a few people I'm targeting, and if I don't get them, I don't really have a backup plan right now because this was a year <laughs> over a year long strategy. So I gotta hope that it continues to play out like it did last year when it worked out to a T. Knowing that uh, some of your league mates listen to the show, would you like to share some of your strategies you plan on implementing? You know, I will not. <laughs> if they can look at the money. They can see I have one hundred seventeen dollars for four players. They're not stupid. They know what's coming. It's just, and that's another huge thing we do in an auction where you can't do it in a regular draft. We have guys, I'm one of them, gamesmanship. I'll run up a price on a player just to screw with yep. you. You think it you're getting him a you. 52 with three seconds left on a thing? Nope, 53. You think you're getting him a 54? Nope, 55. Just to screw with people. But you have to be careful Yes, because once in a while you might get stuck, but that's it's that's actually fairly rare because the person usually knows what's happening. They know that you are literally just running up the price a little bit, but that adds up. Seventeen slots, only two hundred fifty fictional dollars. It three dollars on this player, four dollars on that player. It adds up really quick. Sure. Um, so you mentioned right when we started this conversation that you don't really have draft strategies because it's all fluid, and that is exactly what my First, uh, and probably my number one draft strategy is, is to always stay fluid. There are too many times that people go into drafts with their minds made up. I'm taking a running back in the first round, or I'm taking Patrick Mahomes, or I'm going to wait on tight end. Whatever it is, you can't be tied to it. Yes, having an idea of the approach you want to take is good, um, but you have to be mindful of players that fall in your draft. So, like... And knowing your league mates is another draft strategy, but that's important too because, you know, you can go in thinking, all right, I know these guys. They're going to go running backs early, so I'm probably going to look at wide receiver in the first round or second round. Again, you're going into it with that mindset, but you can't stick to it. Um, and I, I mentioned this earlier. There's one guy in the industry who I actually really like. I listen to him as often as I can. Um, he says to stay fluid. But at the other side of his mouth, he's completely hypocritical because he's a big fan of the hero RB strategy. And that's sort of like a newer thing where you draft a running back in the first or the second round. He's your, quote, hero. And then you focus on other positions. He has said multiple times because I thought he said it once. and I'm like, ah, well, maybe he just, you know, slip of the tongue. No, multiple times. If he grabs a running back in the first or second round, he said he refuses to even look at the position until later in the draft. Sixth, seventh round, whatever it is. That is silly. Because if I'm, let's say I'm in the fourth round and all of a sudden, you know, whoever, Derrick Henry drops to the end of the third round. I mean, we always had these crazy things happen in our drafts. If you're not even looking at the running back position, you just screwed yourself, shot yourself in the foot. I mean, I get the strategy you're going for, 
and what you're trying to do. And like, you know, zero RB and hero RB, it's very popular these days, but you cannot just put your blinders on and just close-mindedly follow something that you want to do. You have to pay attention to the draft. You have to stay fluid. You have to. There's always that one guy in the league that takes somebody four rounds early, takes a quarterback with a third pick that throws off everything behind it. You've been at number seven targeting a guy the whole time. But then all of a sudden, Mr. Donator number two decides with the third pick to take Patrick Mahomes. Now, all of a sudden, that guy you want at seventh could potentially drop to eighth because the guy that was sixth that you thought you never had a chance is now at seventh. So now you have, why would you ever, that makes no sense, why you ever would just say, I don't care what happens. I don't care if Barry Sanders is there at the end of the seventh round. I'm not touching that guy. Sad thing is he probably started on half the teams in the league right now. But nonetheless, that that's just asinine. That, that That's, I know. That's a, like a donator move. I really like this guy too. And I just, I hate that. Uh, and if you listen to Sirius XM radio, I mean, if you listen, you might be able to figure out who it is. Uh, and my other one's pretty simple. Know your league. Well, it seems simple, but know your league settings and scoring. Uh, it seems crazy. Too many people, they pay no attention to what's going on. I mean, something as simple as if you start two wide receivers versus starting three, because that extra wide receiver adds extra value to that position in the draft. Is your league PPR, half PPR, standard? I mean, someone like your boy, Amon Ross St. Brown, he has tremendous value in a PPR league, right? Getting all these catches, all these targets. Right. He's he, but he's, you know, less exciting in a standard league where you don't get any points for catches because he's not blowing you out of the water with his yards and his touchdowns. Um, Are you in a 10 man league, 12 team, 16 team league? All these things matter. You got to pay attention. Um, One of the leagues I run, it's a 14 team where I get, was a got everybody in a group text. I get questions all the time. Like, is this, what is this? Is this PPR? Is it, is this, uh, how many teams are in this thing? Like it's, Look at the screen, man. Look at the screen. Read the rules. I know. I know. You have an app. It's on your phone. Like, just, it's wild. It's going to be interesting Um, in my league of record this year because for the first time ever, we took the minimum salary from $2 for a player to three. mm -hmm. And I've said it over and over again. We we instituted this before last season. So everybody had a full season to understand what that this was coming. You can't pretend like it was just thrown on you. We decided this like June of 2022, that this was going to happen. Guarantee you we're going to go on the draft and people are going to be freaked out that they can't nominate a player for $2. And then even after that, once the season gets going, they're going to be freaked out that they can't get a player for under $3. And I'm going to be getting texts about it. And I'm just like, do you pay any attention, Mr. Donator number four? I mean, I don't I don't get it. It's so odd. I know. At least I, know the know. rules. I'm not asking you to to put... You know, make it your your part time job. How hard is it to read the rules? I am apparently you, very difficult. I am with you, one thousand percent. I'm um, looking forward to this three dollar salary because not only does it make you automatically have seventeen extra dollars you need to spend, but the salary cap infractions, the twenty five percent now a minimum would be will be seventy five cents if you. Uh, if you if you dump a player that was only a three dollars, so all that stuff's going to add up quick during the season. I'm excited to see them all piss their pants. Well, and it, it helps whenever you know what's going on. 
right? And, and that's the thing. We don't have rule changes like that that aren't a, a minimum of a, a full season out. So you're right. Since I'm the commissioner, obviously I know everything. Because as you know, during this season, this 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 league I run is like a 10, 12-hour a week of stuff I have to – endless Excel sheets, endless make sure yeah. everything's right. And it's not 10 to 12 hours, but like probably five to six hours that I have to yes. put in. So I know the whole league inside and out. But others, you know, I don't expect you to do that, but at least know the rules. Oh. It's it's not rocket science. You just read them. They're right on the screen. So I put – I have the scrolling thing going across the screen. Three dollars minimum play for a player next season, and they're easily accessible. And they'll it's not even accessible. You just look at the screen; it's scrolling right across <laughs> the screen. <laughs> it's hard to miss. <laughs> so if you didn't uh, read it for five months straight, then that's on you, not me. So let's dive into a little ADP talk. Um, we'll we'll wrap up the show with a couple guys here uh, that stand out to me, and one person that you mentioned right before we hopped on air here was Deshaun Watson. He is currently going as QB9, pick 82. And um, tell me how you feel about Deshaun Watson. Obviously, he had a horrendous uh, season last year. Yeah. Now, I, I think his last two games or so, he started putting things together. Uh, things started clicking for him, but he was not good. Um, he did. His last you... year, he had five touchdowns. He was still 9 for 18, 19 for 29. 169, 230 yards, no rushing points. I can – I the way he looked last year and the way they're saying he looks right now, that he can't complete a pass more than 10 yards down the field, how is he – How? why would anybody want him as your starting quarterback? I could see Here's stashing him in case he turns things around, but as the as the number nine, 82 overall – I can't take him at at the end of the or the, the end of the seventh round. I just I don't get it. Uh, I don't think three I years can. ago that'd be the steal from hell, but this isn't three years ago. Then he got a series of happy endings and now has made a not happy ending in his NFL career. That is great analytical work there. Um, I, I'm with you. I, I was higher on him when they started. I have had him at my QB nine. I don't know where he's going to finish. He's not going to finish there. I think what we do is back before all of this nonsense happened, he was QB five, I think three years in a row. Oh, yeah. And he has he's shown us and put it on the field, put it on paper, fantasy quarterback. I mean, every single year. Put it top on five. some small cloths. And then it all went downhill. And <laughs> granted, he had a good game or two last year. He it, he hasn't put it together this year. He's had a whole offseason. His hey, like he you said, awful. His he's camp. got good receivers. I know, I know, and I I get good that Elijah end, Moore's great running back, the the better a better yeah. supporting cast than he ever had in Houston. I want him to go in the. I want him to be my backup, like you said, yeah. but it's not going to happen because someone's going to take that plunge on him, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I'm not going to get him. So, and I'm okay with that. He could pay off, um, but it's not going to be on my team. I don't think yeah, simply he, because in my league, he was drafted last year and given a long-term contract as this person's backup. So it's actually a great deal. Right. I think he has it for $6 this year, which I'll, yeah, I'd do that. Cause a $6 player is like a guy you're drafting in the 14th round in a draft. So that I'll do that all day long. 
but he so this guy might end up drafting a, a another starter um next week but yeah i, I i'm not big on him tough division right. too uh oh yeah and, and weather i mean yeah. it's, he's not playing in houston no um eight games a year anymore i think that matters i do too i do too all right um next guy i want to bring up we're going to go to the running back position and it's going to be someone that i posted about on twitter and on our facebook page the other day i said tony pollard who is currently rb8 right now pick 17 overall so right in the middle of the second uh tony pollard is this year's gabe davis uh and what I meant by that is he is getting all of the hype uh, and he is going to, in my opinion, flounder that and not live up to expectations whatsoever. If we remember, Gabe Davis was going, I mean, people were drafting him in like wide receiver 13, wide receiver 14. Boy right, right. We made a bet last year. Um, and Whitey still is not paid up, correct? Cool. Uh, that's correct. He is not, but that's okay. It'll be all right. We'll, no, it's uh, not. That's what Whitey does. When he wins okay. a bet, he's the first person to call and text you about it. When he loses, he just magically just he forgets. It's all good. We'll we'll hold him accountable one day. But um, I I just can't buy into Pollard. He was unbelievably efficient last year with his touches. Um, when he's in the past, when he's been giving the role, if Zeke's missed any time. Uh, he's done well. He can score from anyone on the field. He's very explosive. But when I have audio recording of him when they're trying to make him a workhorse and he's on his own sideline and he says, I can't do this, boy, that really makes me want to pump the brakes. And sure does. when he part of the reason he was so efficient is because he's not getting the full workload and maybe he won't. Maybe they'll put in one of their other great running backs they have on their team, like Malik Davis or Rico Dowdle. Maybe the five foot five Deuce Vaughn will be the guy. Mm. It's not like they're rolling in here with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. No. You know? He's going to have to play. What it says here last year, he finished his RB7, ranked mm-hmm. outside the top 25 in touches per game. Right. I, when we when I'm talking about efficiency, I'm talking this dude yeah. was one of the most efficient running backs easily Still last year. PFF's only third ranked running back, though. Yeah, the he dude's a beast. Third. What's that? You said he was a, the third ranked PFF, PFF ranked running? him as their number three back for last year. It's still, I mean, that's great. Oh, yeah. But to your, you know, and I know he was splitting work with Zeke and all that stuff, but you know, RB 56, RB three, RB 28, 65, 21, 29, 23, four, eight, one, 40. So that goes to your argument that you've had for other players. Um, but for me, man, I don't see him being able to handle all of the workload, all of the snap share week in and week out that's going to be the problem is the not necessarily the consistency of the scoring because obviously he's going to be all over the map like i mentioned with ezekiel elliott in the building um but i mean he's saying at 54 percent of snaps 56 percent of snaps if you start giving him the rock 
or if he starts handling 60, 70, 80% of the snaps, they don't have anyone behind him. He's going to have to do that. And I just don't see him keeping that efficiency okay. up. Well, he's going and mid second round. I can't do it. He's, he's going mid second round. round. You would you 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 get there. You're at the number 17 or 18 pick. Would you take him or Stevenson? Um, I'm taking Stevenson. I think he's a safer pick. Yeah, I couldn't do that. Him or Collins Jameer Gibbs. Higher, but I don't think he's hitting his ceiling. Him or Jameer Gibbs. I think they're the same player. Except except Gibbs has someone else to Gibbs is last year's Tony Pollard. Right. Well, he's got David Montgomery to handle the heavy lifting, and then he can just scat back himself to 45-yard touchdowns every other week. That's what Tony Pollard did last year. Yeah, that's a good yard swing pass and running in. That's a that's a good comp right there. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I, so I he, again, Honestly, it's I'm coming off of a major injury. I know it's not an ACL, but still, even that. The the thing we loved about Pollard, because as much as we're sort of getting on right now, you and I, I don't know how many times we've texted each other watching a Cowboys game is Pollard is easily the most explosive player on the field. Offense, defense, oh, yeah. both teams. Yep. The second he loses 10% of that, he's not Tony Pollard anymore. So here, so Derrick Henry is going at 16, Pollard at 17, Devontae Adams, and Amon Ross St. Brown. I would rather have all three of those guys over Pollard. Like Henry, Ross. Adams, St. Brown. We wouldn't all even have to think about twice about it in a heartbeat. Not correct. That said, okay. I wouldn't bet my house that Pollard won't beat all three of them. But I'm not taking that chance. There it is. There it is. Not for not for him. Not for. I mean, good grief! You said yourself you can't handle the workload. Yeah, that, that's um, a, man. Talk about a red flag. Sorry, coach. I can't go in. I'm too tired. <laughs> right, dude. <laughs> oh, that's that's, I, that's tough. Listen, I'm a nobody. I was I, in high school. I was a starting running back and a starting free safety. There were times you can see it on film. My hands are on my knees in the backfield. I'm about to get a carry. It's like my 26th carry of the game. I can't breathe. I can't hardly walk. I certainly didn't ask to be subbed out. Yeah. Probably should have. The last thing you want I, to do is be doing that on the sideline, watching one of your buddies do it. Right. Exactly. So I'd rather do it than just die. This is three the, yards this is the, Le, the LeBron generation, buddy. Load oh. management. No. All right. One more guy for you. You ready? Go for it. Mike Evans. Current wide receiver 32. I repeat, Mike Evans, the wide receiver who's had a thousand yards every single season of his arguably career. the greatest start to an NFL wide receiver career ever. How could you ask for more? Honestly, wide receiver 32. How do you feel going after Michael Pittman Jr., whose quarterback is Anthony yeah. Richardson? Rookie. Christian Kirk, Going who now after. has Calvin Ridley yes. there. Brandon Ayuk. Mike yes. Williams, who will play seven games. Drake London. I Christian Watson? Uh, dude. All right. How do you feel about it? I don't like it. I, I agree. He should be much higher. Okay. So where do you have Mike Evans? I don't because I don't I, I won't touch him. But okay. Um, All right. So look, no, you know what? You don't if have I to, had to, look. I'd put him probably right around 20. Okay, so you would take, let's see, Terry McLaurin or Mike Williams? Oh, Mike. Oh, I'm Mike sorry, Williams? Mike Evans. Mike, Mike Evans. Evans. Okay, over McLaurin. So Keenan yeah, Allen or Mike Evans. I don't trust Sam Howell. Sure. The same reason Keenan I don't Allen trust Mike Evans now is because of the quarterback situation. Okay, Keenan Allen or Mike Evans? 
I'm taking Mike Evans just because he'll play twice the number of games. Amari Cooper or Mike Evans? Uh, things get tricky there. So is that they're, your line? They're, they're mute for me. That, that'd be a toss-up. Okay. So that's wide receiver 18. Amari uh, Cooper's wide receiver 18. So you're right. He'd be right around your wide receiver 20. Yeah. Um, yeah. What about DeAndre Hopkins? He's wide receiver 21. Yeah, they're about the same. I think I'd rather okay. go with D-Hop because I think Tannehill's going to force feed him the ball, especially if Traylon Burks is out for a significant period of time. Yeah, right. Um, I currently have Evans as my wide receiver 23, um, but I could see that going up. If if, yeah. any, if he's going to go anywhere, he's certainly not going to go down. But regardless, that's I have him lower than you, and I have him nine spots lower than ADP. It's crazy. I, they I have get him it. lower than Godwin. Doesn't he pretty much outperform Chris Godwin like every year except one? Yeah, he still Godwin always goes higher. Always. Uh, he's also Godwin's also going to run a lot of his routes out of the slot, and you know he's running he's closer line of scrimmage. So we think Baker Mayfield's going to be more accurate throwing to uh, Godwin. You know that's always same with Tom Brady, right? He those are short passes, so it's going to be Godwin. Yeah, but Evan still outperforms him. Do well. I'm 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 glad that we found some common ground on this episode before getting out of here. We have lots of common ground, buddy. We're geniuses. <laughs> well, I'd argue if I could. Uh, anything else to add, my friend? We're going to do Traffic. another show. When are you? We're going to try to get early early next week. Yeah, that's Let's cool. We can do one before Friday. my draft. Um, Say it again. My draft is next Friday night, so it'd have to be before that. Mm-hmm. Um, we should be able to sneak something in. Sure. All right. We'll just let me know. We'll keep everybody posted. I'm just excited to be back oh, in this. In- I want to ask you something. Yes, Was Kushwa open when you still lived here? Uh, it, Brewing Company I'm Williamsport, right down the street from I, your school. It may have opened right before I left. Okay. They make the singular greatest beer ever known to mankind. Are they sponsoring us? No, we should After ask them. Though. snack. Nice. Peanut butter and jelly sour. Really? You can't drink a better beer. Interesting. They're expensive, 20 bucks a four pack, but you just don't care because they only brew it once in a while and they don't, they're not even, they don't even distribute it. You have to go there to get it because Kushwa distributes to all kinds of liquor stores Mm -hmm. all around the area now. But dude, I went and picked up a case today. Heaven. It's just true heaven. So I wanted Maybe. to throw it on there just to see if you had ever had it. Because since you worked right not. down the street from there, I didn't know if you had right. ever been there or not. Nope. Um, real quick, last thing. A little, I want to ring your bell here. Get your bell rung, right? I was listening to the fantasy footballers today, and they were talking about the Trey Lance trade very, very briefly. The Dolphins, according to the fantasy footballers, and I haven't dug into the research to back it up and confirm this, Um by the 49ers trading up to get Lance out of that trade, the um, Dolphins were able to acquire Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, and Bradley Chubb. That's pretty nice. Hasn't amounted um, to anything yet except man. some pretty stats. Yeah, but good grief. But um, I guess I guess we'll find out. The Trey Lance, yeah, he just got dumped in my league of record. No, uh, of course. Why shouldn't he? He's a backup. Does nothing. Right. Third um, string. One thing I want to touch on next week is we'll – Discuss real quick the once and done league to see if anybody that listens yes. wants to possibly join us this year. Yep. And a couple more uh, draft strategies for sure. Yep. Okay, All right, buddy. folks. Thanks for listening. Uh, glad we're back. Check us out on Facebook, Spotify, YouTube, and uh, occasionally Twitter. Uh, 
G at G Y B R underscore podcast. And I'm sorry, not Twitter X now. Yeah, it because, is the X now. Because why not? Okay, buddy. Right. See y'all. See you, buddy. See ya.